All right, thank you, young people. The book of Ezekiel tonight, Ezekiel chapter number 3, and I'll give you a few moments to find that. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 3, I appreciate our young people and those that work with them, and uh, I believe they're the fine, they're knuckleheads, but uh, they're our knuckleheads, and uh, I wouldn't trade them, well, a couple, a couple of them, but uh, they belong to me, so I can do that, but uh, no, I appreciate our ministry, and I appreciate Brother Palacios coming over, and it just reminded me um, of what a response. No, first of all, what a responsibility we have uh, to stay faithful. He has a responsibility too, and so do all of those that go out of our ministry. But we have a responsibility, and it reminded me too, thinking about all those people on the other side of town that we have a part in. Uh, there are people being saved over there that we'll never see on this side of eternity, but we'll see them in heaven. And uh, I, I was thinking, uh, as, as, as the, the teens were singing, uh, last week I preached for Brother Montgomery in Alabama at a, a conference they were having, and uh, he's doing a wonderful job. Church is growing, and uh, he stood and gave testimony of the things that he learned here, a uh, product of the ministry here. I know Brother Nate Harris had a big day on Sunday in Nebraska, um, a big day for him, and, and, and that's just that's just another example. Um, every person that assembled in that church plant on Sunday, we have an eternal part in uh, because of the investment. And uh, we all get emotional about that. Uh, there's a that 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 African pastor. Uh, we we support his family to to live so that he can go win souls and start a church. That's an awesome thing, and uh, we have a part to influence far beyond 12046 Normandy Boulevard, and I'm excited about what God is doing here, and when I am able to present to you the things that were discussed today, as far as that architect goes in the master plan, you're going to be excited, but it goes far beyond just what God does for us here, and I'm convinced God is going to build everything here, and He's going to provide everything here because we have been faithful, we have been true, we have kept the main thing, the main thing. And so I just want to uh, testify, can I testify a little bit once in a while? But uh, it's wonderful to see what God does. Ezekiel chapter number 3. I really did that so you could find it uh, when I was ready to read. Uh, Ezekiel chapter number 3. Uh, let me remind you of what I'm teaching on tonight, and then we'll have a word of prayer, then I'll read the text. When closed doors are great opportunities. When closed doors are great opportunities. Father, we want you to help us tonight. Uh, we want you to speak to our hearts. The Holy Spirit of God, we ask that you be our teacher, our instructor. And Father, I certainly appreciate the faithfulness of your people. Many have come, if not most, have come straight from work. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, tonight that uh, you'll just teach us, instruct us, encourage us. Some tonight with this size crowd, no doubt, are carrying burdens and are weary. And uh, Father, may the, the message tonight, may it strengthen them. May it help all of us to grow in our service for you, grow in our faith and dependence on you. We ask that you bless our time remaining in Jesus' name. Amen. Ezekiel chapter number 3, let me read verse 24, beginning there. Then the Spirit entered into me and set me upon my feet. And spake with me, and said unto me, Go shut thyself within thine house, 
Thou, O son of man, behold, they shall put bands upon thee, and shall bind thee with them. Thou shalt not go out among them. Verse 26, And I will make thy tongue cleave to the roof of thy mouth. Thou shalt be dumb, and shalt not be to them a reprover, for they are a rebellious house. Ezekiel the prophet, uh, God is sending him to prophesy. God is sending him to speak to those in captivity. We get to verse 24, it's interesting. It comes to this place in his life and his ministry. God gives a command and God has given him instruction. He says, go shut thyself within thine house. God says, go inside your house. God closes the door. And then in verse 25, we see that He's not, going to let him, not let, he's not going to let the prophet go out among them. In verse 26, he's going to make it where he cannot prophesy to them anymore, preach to them anymore. Now, I don't know if you've ever been frustrated in your Christian life because there's something in your heart that you want to do for God. And God said, I'm going to shut you up for a little while. I'm going to close the door. Or there's something that you would like to do for God. But yet God closes the door. As a church, perhaps, a church can feel that way. And God closes a door. How frustrating it is for a prophet to not be able to prophesy. God says, I'm going to put you in your house, shut the door, and that is where you're going to be. Oftentimes, uh, we see, look at closed doors as missed opportunities. God, how can I, as a prophet, how can I prophesy to your people? Those in captivity, those who need to be called back to you, but yet you have seen fit, and he reveals to us. He reveals to us why he does it. But even so, Ezekiel's got one life to live. He's got one opportunity to serve the Lord. And yet, here is a closed door. He says, shut yourself up in the house. Oftentimes, we look at closed doors as missed opportunities. When actually, we forget God is the one who opens and closes the doors. Why is it our tendency that when God opens a door of great opportunity, we think we have something to do with that that we deserved? But when God closes a door, we look at it as missed opportunity, and why has life dealt me this? Are you with me tonight? We forget every door... In life, God has the ability to open and close. Let me just stop right here before I, I get into the outline. We're going to use our Bibles to turn to several places tonight. We have one life to live to serve God. And we know this, and it's easier to acknowledge it than it is to live it many times. We're here at God's pleasure. We're here to honor Him. And there are many of you, some of you tonight, you're in a situation in life that you never thought you'd be in. 
you've experienced things you never thought you would experience. Or you thought you would be in a different place in life than you actually are now. You thought you would be able to not just do something for your family, but maybe perhaps I thought I'd serve God in this way or serve God in this way or pastor as a church, I thought we would do this or this or this. We missed the opportunity. Now, let me just say before I continue on this point, sometimes God can open a door in our rebellion, we refuse to walk through it. That's a whole different matter. That's a rebellious heart that refuses to yield their life to God. And if God has opened the door for you, you better walk through it. Well, pastor, there's fear. A pastor that takes faith, there's, there's worse ways you have to live than faith in God. That's a whole different matter. I'm not talking about that tonight. But many times we look at doors that have closed. We say, I missed that opportunity. When in reality, God is the one who has closed the door. Now, I, I will bear, you know me pretty well. And if there, there's something that I admit to fairly often, I'm not a patient person. Yeah, I mentioned we were with the architect today. We, we identified some things and some drawings and things of that nature. And I'm like, okay, what, why, why, aren't, why aren't the guys out here building this right now? I'm not a very patient person. I know I'm the only one in here like that. But sometimes God closes a door. We miss that opportunity when in reality those closed doors are great opportunities. A lot of things in our Christian life, we will get out of it what we should get out of it if we look at it or try and look at it from God's point of view instead of our point of view. Look at it through the lens of Scripture. A lot of times God closes a door and is providing us an opportunity that we weren't looking for. It provides us an opportunity that is a greater opportunity than the one that we think we missed. See, God put Ezekiel into seclusion. But in seclusion, Ezekiel was alone with God. Remember this, Christian. Anytime it is just simply you and God, that is a good time. We don't always see it that way. Well, God, how can I be serving in ministry when you sent me to my room and said, go shut thyself in thy house, and if you try and preach to them, I'm going to make it where you can't even talk. Well, why would God? No, no, no. There, there's a closed door, something God is trying to do that is greater than Ezekiel. See, closed doors are often looked on with disappointment when it is behind those closed doors we find God doing His greatest work. Let's, I, want, I want us to see some... We're, we're, we're running out of time quickly. I want us to see some closed doors tonight that are actually great opportunities. Turn with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis 19. Genesis chapter number 19. A familiar... Store, Old Testament story, a sad one, but I want us to see 
the hand of God even in a horrible situation. In Genesis chapter number 19, we, we find Lot and his family in Sodom. The angels have come to Abraham and has told Abraham that God is going to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. The angels come to Lot to tell him that he and his family need to leave. And Lot was living in that wicked city. The Bible says he was a righteous man. A saved, but he's living in a wicked city. He wasn't living. His testimony was not as a Christian should be. And we find in verse number 9, let's go back to yeah, verse number 9. They said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will, he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with him than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. These sodomites, these men came, the two angels, and said, Send, we know those men came in there, send them out to us. And Lot, and this is how low and despicable a Christian can be when they leave God. Out of fear of the angels, he says, I have a daughter. Offered a daughter. And they were not satisfied with that. We see, then we pick up in verse number 10, but the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. The first closed door I want us to see is the shut door of safety. These wicked, evil men with the evil intent have come to Lot's house. And there's a lot of analogies you can make here. And they said, you're going to give us what we want. And Lot comes out and tries to reason with them, and he finds how unreasonable they are. And they said, no, we're going to get what we came here for, and we'll deal with you in whatever manner we have to deal with you for it to happen. And we find in verse number 10, the men, the angels, pulled Lot into the house and shut the door. In the house, Lot was safe from the unholy hands of Sodom. Sometimes God shuts a door, a door of safety. Don't miss this. This is going to help some of you in a great way tonight, this point right here. Sometimes in the life of the Christian, through personal compromise and disobedience to Scripture, we find ourselves in danger. We find ourselves in the world, we find ourselves bargaining, living a life that we never imagined we would live as a Christian. Tonight, all of us, some of us, our minds go to somebody that we know. But we find that God sometimes, even in the midst of Lot, being in a place he should not have been, living in a way he should not have lived, bargaining, certainly in a way he should not have bargained, you and I, we would have not sent the angels there to warn them. We just said, God, go ahead. But God in his mercy sent the warning and lot in danger, God pulls him in, shuts the door in safety. See, not every closed door 
it, it shows an opportunity that we should have. And God protects His children by closing doors. Some of you could give testimony tonight. Unfortunately, you got away from God. You backslid, you got away from God, you lived in a way you shouldn't have lived, you're back, you got right with God, you came home as a prodigal, and you can give testimony now that when you were out there, there there are circumstances you should have never gotten out of, there are things that you should have never been able to avoid, and what was it? It was God shutting a door, a door of safety. This will give hope to those that have a prodigal in the world tonight. In God's love, in God's mercy, God still cares for His own. God still watches over His own. And there are many times God shuts a door protecting. It's a door of safety. And by the way, this story bears that out, but let me bring it closer to home to you and I sitting in the church house tonight. There are doors God shuts in our own life and we're not living like Lot. We're not out in the world. And God shuts the door. And we say, God, why'd you shut this door? It could be a job. It could be a promotion. It could be, it could be in, in, in ministry. It can be in a lot of things. God, why did you shut this door? But God knows and God is sovereign. And he shuts the door because it's a shut door of safety. Many times Christians wonder, why didn't God allow us to have this in our family? Why didn't God allow us to do this? Why did God not give me that career advancement? And God shuts the door sometimes to protect us. That's why when God closes the door, we want to just trust God. I mean, I don't think I need to remind us this tonight. God knows a little bit more than we know. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. And sometimes that which we in itself is not wrong that we desire, God knows if we had it, we wouldn't be what we are spiritually. Or the consequences that would come with that. So a shut door many times is a shut door of safety. Number two, book of Leviticus number 13. Leviticus number 13. The second closed door, shut door, is the Closed door as a place of searching. It's a place of searching. Leviticus number 13 deals with the leper and leprosy and gives commands of what is to be done with the one that shows signs of leprosy. Gives commands to what the priest is supposed to do and pretty much goes through the entire chapter. But I'm going to hit just a few verses just so we can see this. In verse number 3, And the priest shall look on the plague and the skin of the flesh, and when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy. And the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. Look at verse 4, If the bright spot be white in the skin of his flesh, and in sight be not deeper than the skin, and the hair thereof be not turned white, then the priest shall shut up him that hath the plague seven days. Okay? So if he meets the circumstances, we're to shut him up. He's to be isolated, secluded for seven days. Verse number five, we see the same thing at the end of the verse, shall shut him up seven days more. Verse 21, then the priest, in verse 21, then the priest shall shut him up seven days. 
Verse 26, But if the priest look on it, and behold, there be no white hair in the bright spot, and it be no lower than the other skin, but be somewhat dark, then the priest shall shut him up seven days. Verse 31, If the priest look on the plague of the skull, and behold, it be not in sight deeper than the skin, and that there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall shut up him that hath the plague of the skull seven days. Verse 33, Shut up him that hath the skull seven days more. Uh, verse number 50, and the priest shall look upon the plague and shut up it that hath the plague seven days. And the priest shall command, verse 54, they wash the thing wherein the plague is, and he shall shut it up seven days more. Leprosy was a very serious disease. And there were signs that they had to catch because it was contagious. And that's why the isolation, so if there was a sore that could be leprosy, we find the instructions of what the priest is supposed to look for. And if, and if, it, if it fits his qualifications, we shut him up. We put him in that we place and we shut the door. And he's to have no contact with anybody else. That closed door that that one is behind is a closed door that signifies a place of searching. What are they doing for that seven days? Searching. Searching for the blemish. Searching for the disease, searching for, and, 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 and there's so many qualifications. Okay, if it's this way, then we're going to shut him up seven times more. Do we not understand that there are some times that a closed door in our life is God putting us in a place to search ourselves? Is not leprosy likened is a picture of sin? Hey, there's a sore. Let's shut him up to see if it's leprosy. Sometimes God closes the door, and the response to that should be, Search me, O God. One of the most powerful verses in Scripture for the Christian, but one of the ones we like the least, is be still and know that I am God. If we have to be still and God just reveal himself to us, why is that so bad? Sometimes God closes the door so we can search. What is it in me that is going to prevent me? What is it in me that offends God? We as Christians, listen to me tonight, we've got to get back to the place as Christians, generally speaking, when we understand that our sin offends God. And sometimes I believe God closes doors in the life of a Christian. Where figuratively speaking, we're shut up in the house because it becomes a place of searching. Can you imagine how alarmed that individual is when they find that sore and they go to the priest and the priest says, we've got to watch that and see what it is. We're going to shut you up, close the door. You're going to have no interaction for anyone. Can you imagine that person is all by themselves realizing the seriousness of this fatal disease and how they're searching and watching? Oh, because it's life is at stake. But we don't realize as Christians, can you imagine what would happen in our churches and in our homes if Christians approached sin in their own life the same way? Is there something? Is there something? You know, because leprosy is fatal. So is sin. 
Scripture says the leper, he don't get a choice. We're shutting him up. We're locking him down. It becomes a place of searching. And in our lives, sometimes God closes a door. In, in, in the last few weeks, I've had appointments with several church members. Pastor, I'd like to do this as ministry in the church. But this is what's hindering me. 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 And it's life circumstances. Another way of saying that, God's closed a couple of doors. We're going to look at five. Or look at one. We're going to look at this one and three more in just a moment. But sometimes God closes a door in our own life so we can search. Is there something? See, God wants us to be clean. God gets more joy, more pleasure out of His children being clean and holy than whatever work you can do for Him. You've got to choose. Now, we're getting the buses rolling. We've got. To, I mean, we're going to keep. We're going to keep pressing forward. We got a lot that we want to do. But if you've got to choose between your walk with God and getting involved in the ministry, you play in your walk with God. Now, if you rearrange your TV watching schedule, you might can do both. Just going to lob that out there real quick. But God gets pleasure out of us being clean and holy and living as Christians ought to live. If you've got a closed door in your life or in the future God closes a door, you know what you want to consider? Maybe God wants me to take a good look at me and see if there's something that I've let creep into my life that is not pleasing to him. I'm preaching tonight to what I think are the best people in the world. But we all have a tendency to let sin creep in our life. And sometimes God closes a door to make it a place of searching. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter number 4. 2 Kings chapter number 4. And in this chapter we'll actually look at two different closed doors. Considering the thought of a closed door is a great opportunity. Safety, sometimes God closes a door and it's for our own safety. For our own protection. Sometimes some people wonder why I didn't get a promotion, but it would have taken them to another town where there is no church. That's protection. That's safety. Um, we look at a place of searching. Now I want us to shift our focus to 2 Kings chapter number 4. Look at verse number 1. Now there, was, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant my husband is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Widow couldn't pay her debt. It's custom in that day. Sons would go and be bondmen to work that debt off. Verse 2, And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Literally, all she had left was a pot of oil. Verse 3, Then he said, Go, borrow the vessels, Borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. We have the story of this widow. It's a very familiar story. 
She appeals to the man of God. He he tells her what to do. Thou shalt shut the door. It's her doing what the man of God has told her to do. She shut in her house with her and her sons. Her husband had never died. She'd never been in a situation. Her husband had never died. She would have been shut in her house with the oil with what God wants to do. And the third closed door, the third shut door, is a place of supply. Many times our outside obligation, our outside needs, our supplies are supplied, but what happens within our own house? By what happens behind the closed door? In life as a Christian, especially in a church like ours, don't we stay busy? If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's opportunities for you to know what I'm talking about. But life is busy. You throw in church, you throw in serving, it's busy. Sometimes God allows things that are not ideal. It wasn't ideal for her to lose her husband. Tragic, heartbreaking. She's about to lose her sons to pay off the debt. But God puts her in a place behind a closed door with instructions from the man of God, and just the oil is all she has left. You know, sometimes for us to be alone with the Spirit of God is when God can supply our greatest needs. See, God has to teach us that the oil we have is enough to meet the needs that we have. And many times, the only way to find that out is to be in the circumstance where you have no choice but to find that out. As crazy as it must have seemed, it seemed to her, she's desperate enough, okay, I've tried everything else. Go bar the vessels. They bring them home. Shuts the door. They're in that house. Certainly, they didn't want anybody seeing what they were doing with all those vessels everywhere. But all they had was a little oil. But they found that that oil was enough. And when she poured that first vessel, it filled. Then the next one, it filled. The next one, it filled. Lo and behold, the way, it's a, it was a complete coincidence that when she came to the last vessel, that's when the oil ran out. You know, sometimes... God puts in the life of a Christian. Circumstances, tragedy, hardship, hard times, unfortunate things, where we have to discover behind a closed door that us and the Holy Spirit is enough to get us through any circumstance. Sometimes we don't figure that out because we, have, because we don't need to find out. Because we don't need for that door to be shut. We don't need to be shut up with just us and God, us and that little bit of oil. And we find behind that shut door, it is a place of supply. Friend, when you get to a place when God closes a door and you have nobody else to depend on but God, you're not in a losing situation. You're in a place of supply. But all I can see is this little bit of oil. It's enough. 
And, and God, God wants to show Himself mighty. God wants to show Him, and God knows how we are. We depend on us way too much. We depend on our strength. We depend on our wisdom. We depend on our ability. We depend on, on how everything is going. And then sometimes God takes our life and He shakes it up. And now all you got is the oil. And He puts us in a situation behind a closed door when we discover it's enough. Let's look at the fourth door very quickly. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 28. Then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? <clears throat> then he said to Gehazi, Elisha, gird up thy loins and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again and lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth and as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore, he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awake. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her and when she was coming unto him, he said, Take up thy son. This, this child had died. Elijah was called. Gehazi went first. Gehazi took the staff, didn't wake the child. Elisha comes, and in verse 33 we said, and he shut the door. Now, Elisha is behind the door with just the child. In the fourth closed door is a door of intercession. We find Elisha, this is powerful. We find Elisha behind a closed door for the reason of interceding on behalf of somebody else. And Christians, we really need to get a hold of this because I say this often. And, 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 and many times, it just it, I believe as Christians, generally speaking, it goes in one ear and out the other. Hey, it, don't underestimate the importance if all you can do is pray. Well, Pastor, I'd like to go out, but I can't go out, but I pray for... Oh, we have to have that. And I believe with my whole heart, just as God calls a young man and calls him into the ministry, he must surrender to that which God has placed on his life to do for the cause of Christ. But there are some that God touches in a different way. And he puts an infirmity or he changes circumstances or we just get old. And we can't do what we'd like to do. God closes a door that we would like to serve. He closes a door, makes a change in our life. But it's a closed door of intercession. I used to have time to be busy out doing things for God, but now that door is closed. You're on the other side of the door 
And now you have an opportunity to intercede on behalf of somebody else. We look at closed doors and say, what a missed opportunity. There are things that I wanted to get done. There are things that I'd like to do, but God closed that door. I missed the opportunity. And God may have shut a door with you on the other side of it, and you can't be where you want to be. You can't do what you want to do, but you've got an opportunity to intercede on behalf of somebody else. And when the door was open, the child was alive. A supernatural work took place behind a closed door. Don't raise your hand tonight, but do you have a closed door in your life? There may, figuratively speaking, be a dead child. That God wants somebody to intercede on their behalf. There may be somebody's loved one that's lost and on their way to hell. God may close the door in the life of a Christian so they have nothing, nothing else they can do but pray, intercede. Don't underestimate that opportunity. That's a great opportunity. Hey, we, we, need, we need people to serve in every capacity. But we all have a responsibility. God may close the door just so we can just, on the other side of that door, it becomes a door of intercession. I've got a hasten, number five, last one, because this one's going to get good too. Book of John. Book of John. I'm already getting excited about it. Book of John. Chapter number 20. John chapter number 20. Remember, closed doors become great opportunities. Verse 19. This is after Christ's burial and resurrection. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus had been crucified. Of course, he's risen from the dead. And the Christians are scared. They are behind closed doors. Are you with me? You can't get the scene, scriptures painting? Shut the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so, I, so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. They were behind shut doors for fear. And then, lo and behold, Christ is in their midst. Peace be still. Scripture does not tell us he opened the door. He was just there. Here's, here's the fifth closed door, the fifth opportunity. A closed door is a place of manifestation. You think about this. They watch Christ be crucified. If they, the, the, the enemy, the Pharisees, the mob of that day could do that to him, you and I would be scared too. 
They're shut up because they don't know what's going on. Then all of a sudden, Christ manifested himself in the midst. You ever been afraid behind a closed door? And only to find that Christ didn't forsake you? You know, sometimes, and I, I say it like this sometimes, and I believe it to be true, God's going to put something in the life of every Christian, put us in a place where we have no choice, no choice, no choice, no choice, but just to depend completely on Him. There's not a man that can do a thing for us. If God closes doors, and we huddle behind that door in fear. You know what we discover? A sweet fellowship with the Son of God. You and I can't imagine how afraid they were. They were afraid. They didn't know what was going on. Oh, we heard Christ was resurrected. As exciting that was, it's like, what, what, what does that mean? And they're afraid. They're shut up. And then all of a sudden, Christ appears in the midst of them, peace be unto you. I'm here to tell you it's going to be okay. And apparently, of course, he knew their hearts. He said, well, let me show you my hands and my side. It's really me. See, they, they, they doubted. Oh, come on. How often do we doubt? Is this really me? Then he said to them again, peace be unto you. It's going to be okay. That closed door sometimes is real scary because you don't know what's on the other side of it. God closes his door. He shuts us up. And after a while, we discover that he's there with us the whole time. And the disciples had fellowshiped with Christ on many occasions. But I would dare say that that time was the best time. That time was the sweetest time. That time when they were afraid, didn't know what was going to happen, he was there with them. Peace be still. Crisis is going to come in the life of somebody that sits amongst us in the future. Because that's life. What I want you to remember, when you get behind that closed door of fear, is behind that closed door of fear comes a great opportunity of fellowship that can only be experienced in those circumstances. See, when God allows doors to close, or he closes doors, and of course there's a lot of other doors we could have talked about tonight, but I'm over time already. Don't look at them as missed opportunity. Look at them as great opportunity. Sometimes we'll never know on this side of eternity the safety that we were granted when God closed the door. Sometimes, way down the line, we'll be able to look back and say, I'm so glad 
God closed that door. And, and there are times when God, I believe this, I can tell you it's happened in my own life, God will shut a door. You say, but wait, but wait, as Ezekiel could have been out preaching, God said, I'll make it where you can't even talk. I'm going to shut you inside. And God wants us to search and find that which would offend Him. And He's not opening the door until we deal with it. And sometimes it's a door of supply. God says, I want to show you. I'm going to close the door. All you've got is that little bit of oil. And you're going to discover that it's enough to meet every need that you have. What a great opportunity. You can't buy that. You can't get out of a textbook. You can't get that on the, down at that Walmart. That could only come from God closing a door. But yet we as Christians... God, don't close doors, don't close doors, don't close doors. But yet, God knows what He's doing. And sometimes, He closes doors because they're doors of inter- there's places of intercession. He wants you to stop and slow down. I know you're busy. I know you're serving. But you need to hold up a second. There's people who need somebody to intercede for them. And so in order for us to see the need, know the need, be willing to stop and take care of the need, intercede on behalf of the need, God closes doors. So, okay, this is what we're doing. We're not coming out. We're just going to intercede on on this person's behalf. And then the door we just looked at, sometimes a door closes so God can manifest himself. I've been in here the whole time. I'm, what, anybody see that door open? No. It don't have to open. And I believe it, and we don't realize it. Sometimes God puts us in the closest doors because God just wants to show us that in the midst of your fear, here I am. Well, I'm not really sure that's you. Well, look at my hands. Look, look at my side. Oh, and I'll tell you again, because you're a hard-headed Baptist, you don't believe me to hear me the first time, peace be still. And I'll close with this. He said, you've been huddled behind this door, afraid. It's given me an opportunity to manifest myself in your midst. But I'm going to open that door in a minute. You're to go out, and you're going to win the world with the gospel. Don't look at every closed door in your life as punishment, as missed opportunity, as unfair. We've got to trust God and depend on God, because I tell you, when you've been in those circumstances when there's nobody that can intercede but God himself, and then for him to manifest himself, it gives you a whole new perspective on life. Because that situation will come about again. And we all are filled with fear, and none of us have perfect faith and courage, no matter how much bravado we like to put on. But the more times you find your situation, you'll learn. It's like, okay, this time. Where's he at? Because I've been here before. And he showed up. So now this door is closed again. I know he's here. 
I know, I, I know he's, he, he, he's going to show up. Closed door, great opportunity. Father, help us to look at the doors you close as something you're trying to teach us, trying to help us, trying to use us in greater ways. May we look at them as great opportunities.